0: Uh, I'm so thrilled you come to church today and um, the ushers have message notes we're gonna if you if you didn't get one when you came in uh, you can raise your hand and they'll give those to you. We have a special treat this morning we'll, We're gonna hear from a, a, a guest speaker although she is one of our own and her name is Lori Catone and some of you know who Lori Catone is and I, I met her several years ago yeah pretty excited about hearing from her she killed it in the first service it was so incredible i'm i'm so looking forward to what she'll she has to say here today and i met lori when she was the the director of the south austin pregnancy resource center and i was so impressed with this woman she's raised four boys and she's i mean just the 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 way that she gets things done the way that she communicates just the, she has a settledness about her, a, a, a inner beauty that comes out, like like whenever she's just in charge of stuff and the way she treats people, it's so wonderful. And I and I I, I realize later that God has formed all that in her through some very difficult seasons in her life. And so as I got to know her story, um, I realized that God really he does that with all of us the very difficult things of our life they become the the way that we're we're formed he he forms us in those moments well Lori wrote a book about one of those moments in her life and uh, it's called nothing is wasted and this is a fantastic book about her story and you can get it out here in the lobby right after church I encourage you to do that it will encourage you because here's the deal today is Mother's Day And this is a a mother's story, but it is not just a story for mothers. This is a story for all of us. This is a story that helps us see who God is, that helps us know that his peace can come into our lives in the midst of chaos. And so I really want you to lean in today. Lean in to listen. We're going to watch a video of Lori's story, and then she's going to come up right after the video. And I just want you to really welcome her and and let God speak to you as she shares this morning. So Father, we thank you for a time and an opportunity here to open the scriptures and have you reveal yourself. Would you speak to us through Lori's story today? We're open, we're ready, we're willing. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Nobody wants to admit that they don't like their child. I mean, it's your kid. You love them. And I did love Graham, but he was uh, he was hard. He was very, very hard.
2: We met at church doing uh, some ministry together.
1: We were a little bit older when we got married, so we talked about having children quickly. They were going to become Christians uh, at a very early age because we were going to have him in church and pray with him all the time. And I think 10 months after we were married, we had Graham.
2: We took him home. He was healthy. He looked just like me.
1: We didn't really have a comparison. So we didn't know exactly at the moment um, that, that things were different. It wasn't that he was bad. He was just very, very, very active.
2: He was moving around all the time, disrupting class, getting in trouble.
1: I noticed too that he would not
2: really play with the other kids. He didn't have friends. They would make fun of him. Just, uh, it was like he was haunted. We took
1: him to the doctor, and uh, he was diagnosed with ADHD. That may be true, but there's something social that we're missing. He wasn't disciplined. He wouldn't. Listen. Okay, Graham needs to time out or something. Here was this little person not doing anything that we said. We disciplined out of anger on several occasions.
2: Graham, you need to get it and get out.
1: It was scary, you know, sometimes to think, what are we doing? You know, we had a plan, but we felt very much out of control. We're spanking all the time. We're Discipline all the time. We're supposed to be having fun. We're supposed to have great relationships with our kids and it's not turning out at all Like we thought it was supposed to okay, my finger. At 10 years old he was diagnosed with Asperger syndrome, but instead of like a, a terrible news It was kind of a relief. It was like finally. I knew there was something else When he was probably about 12 his behavior. It just was so overwhelming. I remember just going in my bedroom and being so exasperated. I just fell down on my bed and I just began sobbing and I cried out to God and I said, God, I'm tired of asking you to help me because I can't do it. You need to do it. It was pretty amazing because I heard him say my spirit Graham is going to get it. And I set up And I looked around the room and I said, what? (laughs) And God said to me again, Graham is gonna get it. And I said, okay, then I trust you that Graham's gonna get it. And he didn't tell me what to do, he just gave me hope. I'm glad God (laughs) gave me that at that point because it was pretty much downhill after that. Around 13, Graham began using marijuana. He began the ritual of cutting himself to relieve anxiety. He would start fires in our house and we wouldn't know it. And then it was at
2: that point
1: that he and his dad got in a fight.
2: We were fighting each other, basically. And, you know, I partly think it's my fault, but he ran out and he got a a rock and he threw it and he hit me in the head. And I said, call uh, 911 said that's enough and we
1: know you're gonna let him come back but we're not and so they actually put a restraining order on him and he went to jail
2: I want to have a friendship with him as a dad you know I'm I'm the guy that's uh, over the family and that's what God anticipated it to be but I still need to be friends and love Shortly thereafter, he had some
1: kind of emotional breakdown. He broke into a home and he got in trouble with a very strict county in Texas. For two years, they had him bouncing back and forth from the mental hospital to jail, and back and forth. He did try to commit suicide several times. He cut himself several times.
2: I can remember one time that he was bleeding out of consciousness because he cut his neck in several places.
1: Every night I would wake up, and I found myself just talking to God and telling him all the things I was scared about. They were not trusting prayers. They they turned into uh, worry sessions. I wanted Graham to have peace and have joy, and then I thought, well, peace and joy is Jesus. That's a person. So I began to just pray, God, please let Graham experience you. That's really what he needs. He doesn't need mama to come and rescue him or daddy to come and uh, flip a bill and and get him out of a jam. Uh, If he's in a jam, you are his rescuer and he has to experience you and I have to let him go to do that. But when he finally did get out, he decided that he was going to go to Colorado. Marijuana was gonna be his answer that was gonna Give him peace and he got a bus ticket. He went to Colorado. Colorado wasn't everything he thought, so he ended up hitchhiking to Portland, Oregon. Hit the bottom there, too, didn't have anybody that he knew. We're actually on a vacation in Mexico during this time, and uh, Graham called us just half crazed. He was crying and screaming and, and mad because he had ran out of all of his medications and he was at a hospital and they wouldn't give him any more medications. I said, Graham, we can wire you some money but there there's nothing else we can do. He got upset, he hung up on me and right before he hung up on me, he said, I'm gonna hurt somebody. I couldn't jump on a plane, I couldn't call him. He lost his phone, he called me from the hospital. There was nothing. This feels very bad. It feels like, it feels like the end. And so all we could do was pray. And instead of having my worry sessions and my prayer, um, I just, I cut it short and, and I just told God, uh, he is so yours and he's always been yours. I want so badly to go rescue him. But I know you brought me here. I believe you brought me here for a reason and you took me out of the way. And I need to trust that. So please help me just to let it go and to let you do your thing with him. And amazingly, I closed my eyes and I fell asleep. I actually took a nap, I mean like right away. And I don't nap, (laughs) never nap. God just flooded me with peace right in the middle of the hugest storm we were in Kabul for two weeks we came home and I brought my mind back to my son however we can do it we have to get plane tickets and go to Portland and it may be that we find him in a morgue we had just to trust God period
2: Come on, get it.
1: so two and a half weeks later hey, I got a call from California I answered it And I heard Graham. He called me and he said, Mom, I lost everything. Someone stole my backpack and I was just on the street. And I couldn't call you. I didn't have any money. I didn't have my ID. I didn't have anything. He said, I knew I didn't know anybody for thousands of miles. But I knew God.
3: In Sacramento, I had just hopped a freight train down with a bunch of people from Portland, and I had this, like, vision. Some of it might have been a dream, but I saw, like, hell, and it wasn't just this place where people were eternally tortured, it was this place where people chose to do things their own way. and to live without God because they didn't want to be with their creator, so they didn't get to live with him ever. And everyone there wanted a relationship with this creator now. The next day, I was so filled with compassion and love for other people that the people I was hanging out with couldn't stand to be around me. They actually kicked me out of their group because of the transformation that happened overnight that night.
1: Graham had experienced God. <laughs> it's pretty amazing.
3: At this time, I was still using uh, medical marijuana to treat my anxiety bipolar disorder. I remember very clearly God showed me what my life would look like if he did heal me, and what it would look like if he didn't. and. The difference was extreme and uh, he gave me a choice he also made that choice very
1: easy amazing transformation since then Graham is off of all his medication he's off of all
2: drugs he's walking with the Lord what we've prayed at his youth has come to pass in his older age
1: died on the cross for you and that's who god's son is isn't
3: it jesus is the only source of peace that i found
1: what i used to trust god for was an outcome was what i was praying for i trust that that would happen and now it's not about the outcome but it's about trusting god for trusting God. He knew how far to go with Graham. He knew when and how and where Graham was going to respond. And he did it. And I'm very, very grateful. Good afternoon. Happy Mother's Day. Oh, thank you. So I love being a mom. I have four wonderful boys, two of which are here today. So if you see some good-looking guys over here, they belong to me. (laughs) He goes on. I love being a mom. It is so fun to embarrass them. Not so much fun when they embarrass me. (coughs) But it does happen. But I I love it. I love how they're all different, you know. Um, But yet there's little things when I can see how they're they're us. They're ours. (laughs) Can't get through that. You can't get over it. So I love it. But as you just saw in the film, there's a lot of times um, in our journey as a family that wasn't so fun. In fact, it was really, really rough. And uh, so as I prepared to, uh, to share with you this morning, um, just like Pastor Ross said, I thought, you know, um, it's not just moms who have rough times. Uh, everybody does. So whether you're a parent or not, I hope that God speaks to you this morning because we all live in this fallen world And things happen to us sometimes that we didn't plan on, that we don't deserve. And sometimes we make decisions (laughs) and we have to pay the consequences, right? Um, And sometimes we have rough times. So as I thought about this as, as mom, what was my roughest time? And there were a lot. But I would say probably... The roughest was when Graham was like 19, 20 years old. He was in jail, and he was bound for prison. He'd already been found guilty. He was bound for prison. And we were working through the legal system, which was not easy, trying to um, get the judges and the powers to be to understand his Asperger's, to understand he really was not um, as mature socially and emotionally as a n- typical 19, 20-year-old. Um and it was it, it it was hard because I really had no control. He was an adult and I felt pretty helpless and that was very, very difficult as mom. Um but I did know what I could do was pray. And I'd been a Christian since I was a kid, and here I was now in my forties. I've been praying all my life. So I'm gonna pray, right? So I was praying and I would tell God, because I'm familiar with the scripture that says, let him know your petitions. Pray without ceasing. So that's what I was doing. And uh, I was afraid of Graham going to prison. This young, naive boy, really. Um, And your imagination can, can probably go where mine was, what might happen to him in prison and I was afraid I was scared of the, all the medications they had him on so many different antipsychotic medications there was a lot and they were harsh and I was afraid of what it was doing to his mind or his body um, he still was cutting so even in jail if he would get a hold of something you heard on the video uh, he would sometimes go way much further than just cutting I was afraid what would happen Um, But I took it all to, to the Lord. I even found out that there were some officers that weren't so great. They thought it would be fun to come up and scream behind the anxiety guy. They thought that was funny. It just made me mad. So I brought it all to God. This makes me mad. This makes me afraid. God. And what I found was that as I prayed, my imagination just would keep going down the bad way. (laughs) And all the depression, anxiety that Graham was feeling, all of a sudden I started feeling it. And it happened the most when I was praying. I thought I was doing the right thing. I'm praying, right? That's what we're supposed to do. And it especially was bad at night. Because at night, it's just me. Laying in my bed, trying to go to sleep, praying. I didn't have work. I didn't, I wasn't interacting with people. I didn't have a task, something to do. All, you know, y'all know what I mean? <laughs> At night, it's always worse. <laughs> so I'm, I'm laying there, and I'm trying to, to pray, and things are just getting worse. And uh, I just thought, surely this is not what God intended for prayer to be. Because, like I said, I knew God. God is gracious. He's kind. He's loving. He's a good father. And, and he wants to comfort. But I was getting no comfort. And so I just came to the conclusion, I don't know how to pray. <laughs> I'm 40-something years old, been a Christian for years, and I don't know how to pray. How could I not know how to pray? It's just talking to God, right? So out of necessity for my own sanity, I decided... I have to cut this really short because I'm not sleeping. Because once I start praying, I don't sleep like the rest of the night. And uh, I was all knotted up in anxiety. So I said, I'm just, you know, I've I got to keep praying. So I'm just going to say, God, you know what's going on with Graham. Please rescue him and help me go to sleep. Yeah. I, I still wasn't going to sleep. <laughs> Have you ever tried to, like, I'm going to think of nothing and go to sleep? <laughs> Doesn't work. <laughs> so I started thinking, well, since listing all the bad things would wire me up, maybe listing the good things might calm me down. So I would say, okay, God, you know what's going on with Graham. I pray that you would, you know, rescue him. Now help me go to sleep. And then I would go, Jesus, thank you for salvation. Thank you for my wonderful husband. Thank you for my beautiful boys. Thank you, God, that Graham's still alive. Thank you, God, for your provision. And I'd fall off to sleep. It was amazing. I mean, really amazing. And people can tell you, I can stand up here and tell you, but until you try it, you won't know, will you? <laughs> so I found that when I chose to pray and not to worry, that was the first thing I needed to do. Choose to pray and not to worry. But how do you really do that? Um, Philippians chapter 4 talks about this very thing. and Starting with verse 6, it says, Don't fret or worry instead of worrying pray let your petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers letting God know your concerns and before you know it a sense of God's wholeness everything coming together for good will come in and settle you down it's a wonderful thing what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life Now, I knew the scripture like I said before, but somehow I got it kind of twisted around. And I think what I was acting like anyway was I interpreted it something like this. Don't worry. Pray. And when you pray, if you pray hard enough, you pray long enough, and you pray in the right way, God will come in and change all your circumstances. Is that what it said, though? Somehow that's what I thought it meant. I don't know why. Maybe some of y'all relate but it what it says is something much better really what it says is that God let him know everything talk to him give it over to him and what will happen is that he will come in and give you a wholeness and settle you down and when he comes in he'll like push that worry away he has to come in first and then Push the worry. Displace the fear. And that's what I was experiencing. I, I didn't really know how to do it. I was just, okay, I'm going to keep it short. I'm going to try to just choose God, and I'm going to try to just stay positive And, oh, stay positive. Look at the next verse. It says, summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'd do best by filling your minds with met- and meditating on things that are true, noble. Reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise and not things to curse. So, my first prayers was I doing that? I was doing the opposite, right? I was listing all the ugly, all the horrible things, and that's where my mind was focused on. And what the scripture says is focus on the good things. And I'm not just talking about positive thinking. I'm talking about a person, Jesus Christ. I'm talking about his character. I'm talking about his presence. And when the scripture says, when we think about those things, we think about him, we think about who he is, then he comes in, his presence comes in. So I chose to pray. And not to worry. And it was working. Imagine that. (laughs) And then I realized something else. That as I was praying, I needed to do something else. I needed to choose to seek God himself. And not a particular outcome. You know, I had all these outcomes in my head. And I even had the avenues. (laughs) You know, God, I got this idea. See, if you talk to the judge, and I come in, and then then if you change this, and then, I had all the plans. They just weren't working (laughs) because I had the plans. I had the outcome, but I wasn't focusing on God. I I was asking God to do what I wanted him to do instead of looking at God. So I had to choose God. You hear Pastor Ross say this a lot, and I love it, and I say it a lot because I experienced it says, peace is not the absence of something, but the presence of someone, the presence of someone. And when I was look at Graham, and I would say, he's got such depression. He's got such anxiety. Lord, he, you can heal him with that. Just take away the depression, God. Take away the, the anxiety, God. And while you're at it, take him out of jail, God. He doesn't, you know, that's not going to be good. And And what happened was I was focusing so much on that, I failed to realize God is the opposite of all those things. And all those things that I was focusing on began to cling to me. And it was awful. So instead of depression, what I wanted was joy. Instead of anxiety, what I wanted was peace. Instead of prison, what I wanted was freedom. So I began to Change that and start to focus on who God is because he is freedom and he is truth and he is joy and he is peace. In Psalm 94, verse 19, it says, In the multitude of my anxieties within me, and I was living right there, your comforts, O God, delight my soul. That's his presence. It's not... The outcomes will delight my soul. It's him. It's his presence. You see, what simply put is like he is everything I needed. He was everything that I really wanted. And the good stuff I still wanted, those things, those circumstances, but that became to be just overflow. That was great if it happened, but it's just overflow because God himself, his presence... I found was really what I needed because the circumstances didn't change. But I changed. That was like a miracle. And we look at the miracle, of what God did with Graham. It's a miracle, right? But what he did in me was a miracle too. What he can do in you is a miracle too. So I chose to, to pray and not to worry chose to look at God only and not an outcome that I wanted but then pretty soon I realized I needed to do something else I needed to choose to trust God and not be offended by God to trust God and not be offended you see I think it's pretty easy for me to realize when I get offended with a person because I resent what you said I resent what you did to me I'm upset with you. (laughs) So I'm offended with you. It's a little bit harder, I think, for us to realize when we're offended by God. Because we should, I mean, even just saying that is like, what? I mean, you shouldn't be offended by God. I mean, you can't be offended by God. He's perfect. But we're not. (laughs) So we do. We do get offended, and Scripture uh, that backs that up or talks about that or that showed me, I guess, like what what that is. Matthew chapter 11, John the Baptist. John the Baptist was in prison. He was probably going to be killed. He was getting ready to be killed, and he was in prison, and he heard about everything that was going on with Jesus, so he asked two of his disciples to come and go ask him a question, starting with verse 6. It says, And when John had heard when he was in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? And Jesus answered and said, Go and tell John the things that you see and that you hear. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Straightforward. I get that. John's in prison, he's been waiting for the Messiah, he hears about Jesus, everything's going on, and he says, hey, run over there and ask him, is he the one? And Jesus says, yes, I am. Look at all the miracles I'm doing. Go tell him, yes, I am. But then Jesus said something else, and for the longest time, that was just strange to me, but Jesus said, oh, and tell John this happy or blessed, is the one, is he who is not offended because of me. Blessed is he who is not offended. Why would he be offended? Why would he tell him that? Why would John be offended with Jesus? I mean, he's doing miracles. What? Why would he be offended by Jesus? Oh, I get it. If we think back, John the Baptist He was filled with the Holy Spirit before he was ever born. Mary. He moved in the womb. And and he, he knew from beginning what his purpose in life was. He was to be the forerunner of the Messiah. He was to get out there and preach repentance. He was to baptize people and tell them about the Messiah's coming. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. And he did a great job, didn't he? He did it. He got out there and he didn't care that he didn't have a place to live or clothes to wear or even food to eat. That that was not that was not a concern of his. He lived only to do what God had told him to do. And he did a good job. And also, I remembered that he knew who Jesus was. One day he was. Baptizing, And Jesus walked up and he, he stopped and he looked and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And Jesus said, hey, I want you to baptize me. And John said, I'm not worthy to even untie your sandals. He knew he was the Messiah. And yet sitting in prison, he said, Oh, I get it. Why is he sitting in prison? He did what he was supposed to do. I mean, I'm sure in John's mind, I did what, I did what you asked me to. I did it. And, and you're supposed to set up rain, and I'm supposed to be right there with you. And I, I think it might have been almost like, hey, do you remember me? Go ask him. Is he the one? Maybe jar's memory. I'm, <laughs> I'm in prison. <laughs> and Jesus said, yeah, I'm the one. And, yeah, I see you. And Don't be offended that your plan didn't line up with my plan. Because, see, Jesus' plan included us. Jesus' plan included so many more people. And John didn't know that. He didn't understand that part. So I can kind of see that because I remember laying in bed at night thinking, Do you see us, God? I mean, we raised our kids in church. We weren't perfect, but we did try to do the best we could. We loved him. We told him about you. Do you see what's going on with Graham? You ever thought that? God, what's going on? I don't, I don't understand. Where are you? So I had to choose to pray instead of worry. We need to choose to seek God and, and himself and not just an outcome. And we need to choose to trust him no matter what the circumstances hold. Because he's good and he's faithful. And we can't focus on two things at once. We've got to get over to his scripture and look at who he is. And we've got to focus on what his promises are and allow him to fill us up. No matter what's going on, fill us up and then flow out of us. So that's what I want to leave you with today is that that you fill your minds, you fill your hearts with the good stuff, with Jesus himself, and then watch what he does in you first and then allow him to do it through you. Jesus, we thank you so much that you are good and that you love us. And we can trust you. God, thank you for the miracle you did with Graham. It's amazing. But God, I thank you for the miracle you did in me. It's amazing. May you get to us, Lord. May we listen. May we choose you in Jesus' name.